Welcome everyone to our episode 69 and in today's episode we have our one of the favorites and most common guests that we are having is Lucy Gable and we are going to discuss the topic of why exercise can enhance your brain and to go further into the episodes that you are going to see we are going to talk about how the brain is being enhanced in terms of the substances, chemical neurotransmitters that are going to be released, how your mood is going to be impacted, what kind of routines, rituals can you implement in your life in order to make exercise part of your lifestyle. And we are going, we are going to also talk about the metabolic effects of exercise in terms of um, healing many of the well many and some of the chronic diseases such as uh, hypertension and also diabetes we are going to talk about insulin sensitivity we go further down the, ro the road of how the connection of brain and body is also helping you to memorize things to perform better in your school or in your work and to have a much better um, long-term uh, aging process in terms of keeping you younger, of giving you a um, much better and healthier life in terms of your productivity and, of course, of your cognitive skills. And we also talk about... Um, how to see exercise in a more expansive way in just uh, and not just staying with the narrow vision of having exercise to lose weight so all of those topics all of those uh, bullet points we are going to cover and much more it's a very um, beautiful conversation it's a very funny conversation because we also uh, have different points of view and we have different information from what we read off about exercise and brain enhancing so go and watch the episode complete give us your comments and your questions and enjoy the episode did you used to do exercise when you were in the in the school when you were younger i did i started exercising intensively in college but yeah. before that I hated it so what about you <laughs> I, I'm asking because for me it all it started to be a, a passion more or less in high school but okay. during college during college I had a lot of memories of performing exercise in between classes or exams many oh. times mm. so I left the school and I went to do exercise and then I applied the exam or I got up early in the morning if the exam was going to be early mm -hmm. and it helped me a lot more than any other classmate that I had because many of them stayed in the library or in their houses and they didn't sleep so much and they they were studying a lot and I didn't care about those things. And I really uh, respected well my sleep because I, 
I really couldn't um, study at night. I was falling asleep constantly. So I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to wake up early, read something or read, uh, review some, some of the things that were going to be asked, do exercise, and then do the exam. And don't touch anything again. And that routine started to work for me a lot. A lot in, in the sense that I was made fun of because I didn't study too much. No? Well, in, in that case, no. You didn't study like right up to the last minute. Yes. I mean, I left those things like for pieces. Like mm -hmm. I divided my 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 routine in studying the day before one part, then going to sleep at the same time, then wake up earlier. That's what I was going to do. Wake up one hour or two hours sometimes before my usual time, mm -hmm. read the content again, and then do exercise and blood to your brain sorry <laughs> blood to your brain yeah yes nutrients and oxygen yes yes so that routine worked a lot for me and i didn't have to stay awake or or feel so much pressure because i also arrived to the to my exams relaxed not stressed as as the others and they were trying to review the things at the last minute and asking me questions and, and I didn't want to answer any questions because I said no because I'm going to forget what I already know or I'm going to get confused so I am not listening <laughs> whatever you're saying I'm not listening after the exam ask me whatever you want but right now no <laughs> my gosh that is that's so cool we're so, uh, I, I learned more about that in college, not high school, but I remember, in, well, actually it was really more in grad school that I had learned about how the brain remembers things and that we're much better off to have a rest, especially even better, a good sleep so that the brain could put everything into long-term memory and then I learned the same thing, like right before, you don't want to be practicing it right up until because we're actually sucking the energy from the brain at that point that we could be saving it to use for that test or that big competition or whatever we need to do next. So that's why I didn't study right up to the end, <laughs> but I didn't exercise right before. I did notice though, when I, when I would exercise, specifically longer runs like you know we know that whole thing about the runner's high that there was that calming effect and the blood pressure goes down and for a large part of the day I'd be like blissed out you know just so relaxed and nothing could make me tense you know on those days and I think that's a really interesting piece too because we used to think it was endorphins but then we found out that the endorphins can actually enter the brain. So it's much more. We learned lately that it's endocannabinoids. It's our body that makes our own cannabinoids. We don't necessarily need to smoke them. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes us feel relaxed and um, not so, well, basically not, not stressed out, not tense. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and I really didn't know too much about the, the science in, in those times. About I was just doing it because I enjoyed a lot exercise by that time. So, mm-hmm. and I, I just felt my body that it was reacting much better to, to the information, no? to the retention, to the information. And, many, and I didn't like to learn things by memory exactly as uh, as they were asked i was more like uh, trying to do um a summary of the things writing it down by by myself and then um summarizing everything as much as possible and using it and and replaying those things i mean reviewing those things not reviewing the whole content so that is that's the best way of learning though david i mean i kept trying to tell my students that (laughs) don't memorize if you don't have to and i never made my tests so that they would work that way you know you have to understand the concepts and how things work so that you can actually take this stuff out into real life and replicate it in your mind when you need to use that information versus if you're just memorizing things well first of all that kind of falls off very fast after you're done with the test and then second of all it doesn't solidify those memories in your brain and um, from talking uh, to a number of people who are studying how to learn um, after teaching for this uh, several years I was learning about how when we do that, when we we put different things together in our mind, like putting together a puzzle. And so we're using different pieces of our brain and therefore we're bringing different neuronal connections together. And it's much more solid in terms of a memory than if it's just one connection, which is memorizing this word connecting to this definition. (laughs) You know, it's completely different kind of, of, memory and much less long-term if we memorize. Exactly. And I I also remember um, some pieces of music because I was usually doing it with music. and Well, classical music, that's what I use because I like it for those kind of things. And then when I was exercising, I was trying to to replay those memories, no, to replay the content or at least the things I remember better because I was writing it with my hand, and that makes another uh, connection of our right. body of our body to the information, no. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving your hand with the pen, which is another mind-body connection that helps that memory to see another kind of exercise no right yes it's another kind of exercise but but it's an exercise that is enhancing your brain in the moment that you need the information in the moment that you need 
uh, whatever it is that you have to talk about. And it's much better to understand and much better to explain to another person Mm-hmm. the information that would be even like the the biggest no when just you need to teach it that's when you most most understand it yeah, yeah. talking about it and that so i would say to my students you want to not just read it you want to write or draw you know pictures yeah. or something cool. to help you remember then you want to speak about it. So exactly what you're saying, if you can bring it out of your mouth from your brain in a way that makes sense, that's another way of organizing that material. And then after that, you want to bring it into your life, ideally. So how are how is what you're learning applicable to anything you're doing right now so that you can put that out there in a different way? And that's how we really, really retain things for the long-term ideally yeah so that's one of the biggest ways that people can think of um routines rituals and exercise in terms of enhancing what we can learn because it is it doesn't have to be about aging it doesn't have to be about uh, many of the disbeliefs or the in- misinformation that is out there it has to be about sensing what is working for you finding the best kind of exercise for you that for me it was swimming for you was running so it everyone is different and everyone has to find their own exercise and then finding how to split those routines and as you say throughout a week you have a lot of time (laughs) to split the routines and to start creating those small rituals, no? Yeah. I I just want to go back to, you know, when you yeah. were in high school, I was in college and we were exercising. That's when we first started exercising seriously. And I did it for vanity sake. I did it to keep my weight down in college and stay yeah beautiful, you know, (laughs) but then, so I came in to it the opposite, but most people go that way. They, they do it for the looks or, you know, the weight or something, but then there are these residual effects that I'm trying to tell people we need to focus on that though, even more, like we need to focus on the fact that maybe your exercise is going to improve your exam or your meeting or your presentation you know that you're memorizing for work uh, or helps keep you calm when you're going into a maybe a tense conversation (laughs) but so so those are immediate factors that that work with our brain also people find they sleep better on the days that they exercise so that's an immediate return on investment for exercise and so if we keep focused on that the immediate returns then we keep doing it we keep doing it we keep doing it and then the side thing that comes along with that is oh my body's shape looks different (laughs) but I've been enjoying all these other things all along so I think that's really the better way to look at exercise that's a that's a beautiful way of how to pack 
the benefits of exercise in order to get the resistance out because the resistance comes from not having immediate uh, rewards. And the ones that you mentioned are immediate. You are going to sleep better the day that you perform exercise. Well, if you haven't done it in your whole life, probably you are going to be a little bit sore, no? <laughs> but that sore is not so bad if you don't over-exercise, no? If you really start doing it like a person that has never done it in their entire life. So that's another factor that many people should have in mind because they haven't done it, they want to start doing it or they have to now because of a medical recommendation and they start with one hour and in their life they have done anything. So that's obvious that your body is going to be uh, impacted by that uh, amount of exercise, amount of stress because at the end of the day it's also stress, but it's good kind of stress. <laughs> No. Right. Yes. And that's a beautiful point. It is stress. It's healthy stress. And still we can, just like any other kind of stress, that stress is good for us. It makes us stronger, whether it be mentally or physically, in all different ways, we end up getting stronger from it. But too much breaks us down. And that's the same as exercise. Too much exercise, when you haven't been doing it before, breaks you down, doesn't feel good. Maybe you won't sleep well that night because you exercise too much. Maybe you will be sore and in pain and that doesn't feel good and doesn't make you want to do it again. So yes, we need to start just like we start anything else in life. We start from where we are and then we slowly build it up and we need to be nice to our bodies and give it the time that it takes to adjust. And really, you just have to feel it. How did I feel after this? <laughs> Does it feel like it's, I could take it up maybe another five minutes today from yesterday, or maybe go up that hill a little bit further this time from the last time. Don't go up the whole hill the first time. Yeah. We have to use our brains. <laughs> yes. In order to start enhancing the, the amount of time or the, or the amount of strength no, that, that you will need. I mean, if we approach things like that, we would be much wiser in many ways, no? Because also eating can be approached like that, not eating the whole thing, but just slowly having more uh, time to process the food, time to leave the nutrients go. And that's the same thing with exercise. It has to be done in small dosages, more at the beginning, more if you haven't done it any time in your life, and just sensing or trying to feel the, the immediate rewards that you mentioned, no? the feeling good, the, the peaceful state after, and the sleep, no? how do you sleep after? doing a moderate session of exercise. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking though about how exercise affects the brain. We did talk about feeling good. 
I know that um, I started off by saying, ooh, my, what excites me about it is the long-term effect of helping to reduce cognitive decline or, you know, yeah. to reduce the loss of our memories, the processing of our brain, the speed of our brain. I mean, that, that turns me on. I get excited about that, you know? <laughs> and that's not, you know, um, something that's another long-term thing. And heck, I don't want to get to 80 anytime too soon. <laughs> but So I'll, I'll slow that down. But what we were saying just now is that like you and I gave great examples of how we can feel it in our brains in terms of after exercise, different things happen, memories come. Um, we also have calmer moods, et cetera. Um, but, but I am extremely excited about the fact that because I was exercising for my vanity, <laughs> and now it turns out I'm helping my brain in yeah. a long-term way. Yeah. So what I wrote down, uh, just some brief notes, Yes, yes. Was that, yes, it can improve memory and mental processing and verbal abilities, but also there have been studies where it increases the brain volume. And that just means there's more nerve cells, right? Bigger brain means more nerves, which means more thinking, better thinking, and decreases the hippocampus shrinking. So hippocampus and shrink as much in people that are older that have better fitness levels. And it has been shown absolutely to reduce anxiety and depression. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, uh, Parkinson, of course, we mentioned dementia or Alzheimer. All of those mental diseases uh, are proven to be uh, reduced by, by many protocols of exercise and they are now using it. Sometimes they use it with the medication and they slowly decrease the medication and sometimes they just try them without the medication. So it depends on the kind of patients, of course, and the kind of study that they are performing. But there is a lot of evidence of those uh, diseases and one one disease that i also remember right now <laughs> is the attention deficit disorder the adhd also that one is very uh, good for the patients that have that diagnosis to start doing exercise and exercise helps them to have more attention no not surprised yeah wow. Now, I just want to go back to also um, in the beginning, we were talking about our, our research and we kind of have seen different information in the research. So um, what I've seen is um, that 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise works um, and anything is better than nothing. For, <laughs> and the more fit you get, the, the more effects beneficial effects the exercise has and I was also saying that cardiovascular exercise is the exercise that has been shown to most improve 
the brain. Now you had seen a few other things. Will you tell me again what that was? Yeah, I have seen, uh, well, the connection between the release of this BDNF and the production of no, or more neurons, the survival of the neurons and the creation of pathways, no? The enhancement BDNF, brain drive neurotrophic factor, right? Yeah, right. The release of that. So tell the audience just what that BDNF does. What is, why is it important? It is extremely important because it allows your brain to um, repair the neurons or protect the neurons in order for them to survive. It also has been uh, proven that helps in the generation of new neurons, which is something that many people used to say that we are we were losing neurons and not renewing the one renewing any ones. So this factor comes to um, be contradicting that reasoning. And now it is telling us that we can create new neurons by the release of this factor. And it also um, works together with another substance that is called irisin. And that substance called irisin is released by the muscle and it works together with this BDNF and it helps to regulate insulin in order to uh, make it more uh, available to uh, regulate the glucose in our blood. So it helps for diabetes. Now it helps for people that don't have it and people that have it. So because yep. it is, uh, triggering many mechanisms where now glucose is able to enter and then it's going to get energy from that, no? Very interesting. So uh, that just backing up to your statement about BDNF, that makes sense to how the studies show increased brain volume and law and, and less reduction of the size of things because we are potentially making more um nerves nerves which is what the brain is made out of right yeah um so the whole thing about <clears throat> um how we how how much do we need or what should we be doing? Um, cardiovascular exercise increases the blood to the brain and oxygen and all the substances that are in your blood, which is um, nutrients, you know, the food, the energy that our brain needs to think and to grow, right? But it also improves the health of our blood vessels, period. Yeah. So when we have healthier blood vessels, they are able to expand and contract better, direct the blood and get more blood faster. I I sort of think of that phenomenon when you are in traffic and you have alternative uh, highways to get in or freeways. I, I always confuse highways or freeways, but whatever. <laughs> you have options 
to get out of traffic, no? This is the same that happens when we have much better uh, circulation and cardiovascular expansion in terms of the, of the uh, strength and resilience of your blood vessels. No, you have more pathways for your blood to flow and to nurture many of your other organs and also your brain, oxygenating more your brain, no? <laughs> yes, and it absolutely has been proven that when we exercise, we also grow more blood vessels. So back to your freeway, highway exits. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just have the blood vessels we were born with. We can grow more, but also if we don't exercise, let's talk about the other side of it. We lose blood vessels and we lose neurons. We lose nerves that are connected to our muscles for sure. And just the fact that we know the brain can shrink means that we're losing neurons there as well. That was what we used to think was normal aging, the inevitability of what happens when we age. But just this conversation that you and I are talking about is basically highlighting the fact that we do not have to age like we thought. Yeah. Aging can be a completely different thing and exercise is a huge part of it. Aging can be uh, performed gracefully and not painfully. <laughs> no, I, I would say that. <laughs> I, I would say that. I'm like, can... I... What? <laughs> I'm not aging gracefully. I'm kicking its butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. I mean, accepting those things and, and just flowing with that now, with the time and that's it. And, and you don't even really fixate on numbers or years or things like that because you are just enjoying your life and doing the things that you have to do and that's it no you are more concerned of what you are doing to your health than than the numbers or than the the society stereotypes no but as you mentioned we are uh, keeping us healthy yeah. and keeping us younger because we are affecting other pathways and I have here right now an image that I just pull out because it's about the article that I was talking about the the BDNF and, and many of the pathways and what I'm looking is that this uh, connection between the muscle here we have the muscle and here we have uh, some part of the brain or the connections for the brain. And in this kind of uh, diagram that shows how we release substances and how these substances are working together, irisin is also affecting other pathways that are also important to generate many, many um, neurotransmitters. The AMP that is cyclic, that the cyclic AMP is also affecting many of the pathways that are going to create neurogenesis. So many of those pathways are going to be um, enhanced by these BDNF factors. So it's a two-way street that they are creating. And that I just wanted to highlight this 
beautiful connection that that we have no mm. well I, I just have a question what do you mean by muscle are you trying to say the smooth muscle of the blood vessel in connection with the brain because uh, the brain isn't is the the skeletal muscle that yeah. can impact the brain and the release of the of the exercise when when you perform exercise and this muscle is uh, releasing a lot of factors one of those factors that is released is the this substance that is called irisin and that irisin is going to uh, create an indirect calling to generate more bdnf Okay. Uh, so interesting. Okay, it's so the what we're saying is that the muscle releases that into the blood, and then that goes to the brain. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> I was thinking, where where is the muscle next to the brain? There isn't one. <laughs> no, no, I mean. <laughs> In the picture, in the picture that I am watching, it, uh -huh. the the diagram shows that the muscle is here, and all of the connections of the BDNF that is traveling your system is in the lower part. So that's what I was just talking. Not that we have muscle here and the brain here. No, no, <laughs> no. There's no yeah. muscle next to the brain. No. <laughs> But all, but all of the muscle that we have is releasing these kind of substances now. So. Well, I have another, there's so many different ways the body works. So my experience with what you've been talking about regarding how um, we become more insulin sensitive, we uptake sugar better is very simple is that when we exercise our muscles they grow more receptors to insulin yeah because the muscles are going to do everything that it takes to get better at whatever you're doing so if you're going to exercise more they're going to grow more they're going to get stronger they're going to get more blood vessels they're going to get more receptors for insulin so they can have more sugar when they need it you know so that directly affects your ability to keep your blood sugar at normal levels anytime, whether you're exercising or not, um, which I have seen in clients of mine in the past that had uh, diabetes. They reduced their need for medication because their muscles were doing the job. What do we want to leave people with with this i think we touched some really fun things for people to think about in terms of motivating them for exercise yeah well one that we already talked about is the the strategies to implement rituals or routines i think we already covered that and another one that we mentioned Although we can go back a little bit for the one that people see exercise as a way just of shaping their body or losing weight, no? And that's also 
why I started to do exercise as well. Now, I wanted to, to look better. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to, to not be the chubby teenager that I was. And I wanted to, to have muscle. No, that's usually the, the first, if you begin in high school or college, that's what you go for. But if we want to help people that are not in those ages, that are more in the mature age, why do they have to do exercise? What would you tell them? What would be the engaging situations for them? <laughs> Yes. And so we would tell them really to focus on the immediate benefits. Just how do you feel afterwards? How are you sleeping? How is your mood? How are you relating to people? Yeah. Would you suggest, I think that it would be a good idea that they keep a journal of just absolutely of just grading how do they sleep and like that no it's easy just five minutes or three minutes of writing sleep better and mood better no or check <laughs> another thing yeah. is that uh, how did you feel cognitively in your work or in a presentation or in an exam or whatever you have to face in your life how did you feel in terms of your brain responding? No, and you can also mark yeah. that one. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. They could have uh, check boxes for every day, and then maybe write down the kind of exercise they did, how much time. Yeah, that would be a step further. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we can, like we said earlier, you can gradually build up. So exactly. allow it. I just want to say to everybody, you know, just allow yourself to start small. It's okay. <laughs> and then you feel good that you just did it, you know, that you did actually exercise that day. So much research also points to the fact that the best exercise is the kind that you're going to do. And if you hate it, you're probably not going to do it very often. You're not going to want to do it. And that's why we don't know yet, but we think maybe why a lot of exercise studies show that higher intensity exercise puts people in a bad mood because yes. they hated it, you know, but not everybody hates it. You know, a lot of, there are people that love it too. Um, so it, I think it really has to be something that you're enjoying. Yes, and as I mentioned earlier also, when people are starting and they start doing uh, too much time or the intensity is not really taken care of and they go beyond what they should or they can do at that stage, that is going to release a lot of lactic acid and that lactic acid is going to have a lot of pain. And probably you will have to take a lot uh, one uh, medication to release the pain, no? But we don't want that. We just want the muscle to be, um, to get used to the, 
new activity that you are doing now. So just starting with 10 to 15 minutes for people that are not. Uh, yes. That's yes. enough. I'm going to. Yep. And I'm going to take it a step further because lactic acid is short term and there's also injury, which is longer term. So, yeah. I mean, it's not a joke that if we jump into doing something that our body's not ready for, we will get injured. There will be more, there will be pain and there will be loss of movement because of an injury, which will put you back, back further than potentially even where you started. To not yeah. wanting to do it. And many people, that's why they don't want because they were injured the first time or they didn't enjoy it. No, they were forced to do an exercise that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I do want to just pop in a plug for walking because mm. walking does so much more than people even realize. And if you walk every day, you will lose weight. First of all, it will affect your cardiovascular system. Your blood pressure will go down. Uh, and there are many other benefits of walking, of course, just being outside and the sun, breathing fresh air, having a change of scenery. We did talk about all this at one other mm. podcast. Yes. But when I was talking to some to a friend of mine just the other day about how when my knee was injured, I couldn't run for a year and a half. And I just walked. I walked for an hour, two to three times a week up this hill near my house. And let's take it all the way back to, I wanted not to gain weight. I maintained my weight. <laughs> it was just from walking okay. and making sure that I did enough of it. You know, I enjoyed it very much. So I do keep a walking routine in my exercise schedule now too because of it it's very powerful i also did it when i injured my hand and i was not able to run last year huh. i also went for walks uh, just 40 minutes 45 minutes of walking uh, and that kept my 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 weight in in the level no i was not losing i was not gaining i was just the same no yeah. but it also gave me a lot of a better mood because when you are injured you are not feeling in, in the best mood no that's right mm -hmm. so you also improve your mood in, in for your injury and you help your body to uh, repair faster no yeah it does helps the body to repair faster getting that blood circulation once again blood yes. flow is everything yeah. So we talked about how blood blood flow from exercise does so many things from helping our brain to stay young and helping ourselves to be smart and keep memories, right? And uh, to, to helping us to be calm and sleep better. But we also talked about how it helps us to maintain good insulin sensitivity, glucose metabolism, and helps us to stay younger, longer, pain-free in the body. 
any other things we covered with that exercising daily? Well, I think that the only one that we could uh, round up or get a more consolidated topic of exercise is oxygenation, no? Why oxygen is so important for the brain and why exercise is helping for oxygenation. You mentioned it, it is pumping the blood all over the place, is creating more vessels, is enhancing the bioavailability of oxygen over the CO2. <laughs> and is also um, helping many of the pathways that are creating energy that your brain is going to use, no? Glycolysis, the Krebs cycle, all of those pathways that are activated with oxygen, they are going to be enhancing your brain connection, no? Uh, yes, oxygen is needed for energy, yep, yep. Uh-huh, and then when we're just exercising, pumps more oxygen to all areas of the body. And yes, the brain. So I read all, I just read before we got on, I was, I was doing a little bit of um, reviews of some things and I saw this new number that I hadn't seen uh, that the brain uses 25% of the oxygen that we yeah. breathe. Huh. That's, Even though it's like 2% of the body. <laughs> it's one quarter of the oxygen that, that we are using by the brain. No? That's a lot. Wow. And we, yeah. And it uses 20% of the calories that we consume. It uses. So one, one fifth of the calories, right? So the brain's a big deal. We really have to think about it. Yes. I think that the, the only thing that we can say also is start uh, having a more expansive vision of exercise, not so narrow as to, as to the body shape or as to the aesthetics of society or the standards of society. Expand, expand your vision to see that exercise is affecting many uh, other ways of your life no, in a positive way of course <laughs> yeah yeah so well thank goodness we're getting back to seeing humans as one whole being and how everything is connected every single thing is connected yeah so when we take care of our body we all ultimately take care of our brain when we sleep it's good for the body it's also good for the brain and even talking about skin like i'm a female we talk a lot about skin as mm -hmm. females you know and what's good for our skin is also good for our body it's also good for our brain it, it just goes on and on you know so if we're yeah. doing we can't ever say it's never a waste of time it's it's always helping when we're doing healthy things for ourselves it's helping everything and, and I just want to close our topic with one phrase that I listened that, I, that it was, I have never regret to work out, but I have always regret not to work out, no? Mm. 
in terms of a routine. When you do a, an exercise routine, I think that the people that we practice exercise, we have never regret doing the exercise. And if we don't do it, there are many times where we regret not doing it. <laughs> Yeah. So that's what we can leave people with. Whenever you want to start, whatever your best amount of exercise is and your best type of exercise, you have to discover that by yourself. And you can keep a journal, as we suggested, and just enjoy the process, enjoy the, the journey, enjoy your journal, and give us the comments and give us the feedback of how do you feel, how do you sleep, how is your mood, because we really want to know if we help to shape another concept of exercise. <laughs> Thank you for paying attention. Right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance, 